Welcome to Sports Talk with R and J. I am your host, Steve Risser, along with my co-host, Justin D'Onofrio. And again, another another busy, busy show. I mean, we got week three of the NFL. We got the baseball getting into the postseason. We got uh, the college football, the SEC starting this week. Stanley Cup Stanley Cup has, has begun. There, there are two games into that. But we got to start with the NBA. And last night, the Nuggets stayed alive. They got a big win over the Lakers, 114-106. to 106. Um, they hung on, hung on, won the game. Uh, Jokic played well. Murray played well. Uh, the, the Porter played pretty well off the bench. They got they 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 got a lot of contributions off the bench last night in, in that win. Um, so they stay so they stay in this series. They're they're up they're up two games to one. And I think the biggest difference with last night is they had another guy step up outside of uh, uh, Joe Kitchen and Murray. I think uh, Jerry and Grant stepping up twenty six points that was key. Michael Porter playing well off the bench was key. And the, I tell you. A lot of people didn't give the Nuggets a chance in the series. I said this was a six-game series because Jokic and Murray are really good players. Yes, the Lakers have the two best players in the series. They're probably going to win this series, but the Nuggets are going to give. They're going to stretch this. I think. I think they stretch it to. I wouldn't be surprised they stretch it to six games. You know, I wouldn't be either. You know, the this is a good team, and a lot of people thought, you know, for the Nuggets to start contending, you know, they need that third guy. But, um, you know, and I guess they've kind of got that you know, from a porter, but having that third star, but they really, you know, but they're right in the series. They could be up to one of Anthony Davis doesn't hit that shot Sunday night. I mean, I would argue there, the Lakers would have more. I, I think if, if, the, if the, if the Nuggets won uh, on Sunday, the Lakers would have won on uh one last night, in my opinion. Yeah. You're probably right about that. I would, you know, if it was one, one LeBron probably would have taken himself uh, last night, but um, you know, anyways, yeah, you know, it's been impressive. The Nuggets, they played well, and last night, you know, too, it seemed every time the Lakers kind of got it to win it, like three, five, you know, when they got, got it close, it, the Nuggets always went on a run to kind of push their lead back up to double digits. Um, and I kind of like seeing that from this from this team bouncing back from that tough loss on Sunday night. Um, but, yeah, you know, this Nugget team's right in there, and I could definitely see them going six, seven games. Oh, absolutely. This is a, this is a really good Nugget team. Nugget team, it feels like it's a Nuggets team. That feels better when they're behind. Down three, one of the Jazz come back and win four three. Down three, one of the Clippers come back and field four three. If win four three, it seems like they're right where they want to be. But when you have clearly the two best players in the series in the NBA, I don't care what the situation is. You're probably not going to win that series. And I hate to say it, I think this it's the case here. Yeah, more than likely, especially when you got LeBron James, you're going up against, um, especially a guy, you know. If the Nuggets do tie this thing up at two-two or something, LeBron will be able to take over the series himself. Um, so yeah, it will be a very tough test pass. But I, I feel like this giant, I mean, this Nuggets team too. When you know, I think when they get behind, they don't worry about it. I just think you know, even when they were two, you know, back in the first second round when they're down three-one, I don't, I don't think that I think the team just okay, we got nothing to lose. Here we go. Um, and especially in this series, nobody gave them a fire chance to the Lakers. So they're just playing relaxed. They're just um, doing their thing, and they're hanging in there so far. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, really, in game one, they got blown out. But the last two games, they, and then in game two, it looked like they were getting blown out. But they came back, uh, got, got, got that, had that one-point lead. Davis hit the game-winning three. But they've really been competing in this series, and you got to give the Nuggets credit for that. I mean, but, but obviously, as we've said, the Lakers are still, in my opinion, going to win this series. Yeah, I, I still got the Lakers in six. I just, you know, I, you know, like I think game four, LeBron's going to have another big one. He'll 
put the Lakers up 3-1. I think the Nuggets will be able to one more, but that, that's about it. Um, again, it's a great sign for the Nuggets for the future, though. Oh, without question. I mean, look at their look at the Nuggets' future. I mean, you got Jamal Murray, you got Joe Kush, two top fifteen players in the game, and then you got Michael Porter Jr., who's got potential to be a top ten. He's just potential to be their best player, which is crazy to think of. So the Nuggets' future is really, really bright, no matter what happens in the series. Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. Because Porter was supposed to be the first overall pick, and then you know, um, injuries hurt at Missouri, and he was the last pick in the lottery. So you got you pretty much got a number one overall pick at. Uh, Pick number uh, fourteen in the draft. Before. Yeah, that's just that's just crazy to think of. Yeah, yeah, it is. Absolutely. So we're going to move on to the other series in the Eastern Conference between the Celtics and Heat, and it's been a really, really competitive series. Uh, the first two games were really competitive. Um, the Celtics had leads in both games. They, pretty, you could argue, they could have won both games, mm-hmm. and they but they gave they gave away those two games to the Heat, and then they came back Saturday night though. Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart. Uh, Kemba Walker, they all played, they all played, uh, Jalen Brown, they all played well, got that win, got, uh, and, and they're now, now it's 2 1 Heat. This is, these are two very, very evenly matched teams. I had the Heat winning in seven, you got the Celtics winning in seven. So two really, really evenly matched teams. And, but, but here's the thing for the Heat if the Heat want, I think, if the Heat want to win this series, I think Butler's got to score more than 20 points a game. He's been, he's been scoring a little bit. He's been making a difference, but he's got to score a little bit more. I think Butler's got to do a little bit more for the Heat. And for the Celtics, the big three just got to be consistent. The big three for Kem- with Kemba, uh, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum, they just got to be consistent. But this is such an evenly matched series that uh, I can't see it going less than six games. I, I think it, I, I think it goes seven, but I can't see it going less than six. Yeah, I think this thing definitely goes seven. Um yeah, you know, the big, you know, Tatum, Brown, Smart, Kemba had combined 72 points of the night. The Celtics tried to blow it. Uh seemed like, you know, for a bit, the Heat started to um, kind of come back a little bit in the fourth quarter, but they held on. Um, but, yeah, it's been a very evenly matched series, and I agree with you on Butler because, you know, Bam out of bio has been playing unbelievable. It's 27 points, 16 rebounds of the night. Tyler Hero stepped up again with 22 points. Jay Crowder, who was shooting well, was only two for 10 the other night, so – you know, um, they definitely do need Jimmy Butler because late in the game, you know, that's the guy, obviously, they want to take the big shot. Um, but, yeah, if he's able to kind of get up above 20, they're in good shape. Um, and I, I think that, he, you know, I still think, this, you know, I still have the Celtics winning. I'll still take them. But also how evenly matched they are, I think the Heat's defense is a little – is better than the Celtics in what they do. And, you know, I – and again, you know, the Celtics team could possibly be up 3-0. They haven't, you know, they finally kind of got through the adversity because they really haven't done that much in the bubble. You know, we saw um, Anobi hit that game winner with the Raptors. They kind of came back and had a pretty bad game. Game two, you know, the shouting at, you know, the locker room um, after the game. But they finally kind of bounced back from adversity and they're able to get a game. Yeah, I think this is going to be – you got game four tonight. I think it's going to be a really competitive game. I think the Celtics win this one. I think the Celtics win tonight. But I do think he win in the series, but I do think the Celtics win tonight. You know, they had that issue, Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown in the locker room after game two. I think they've resolved that issue. I think they're getting back on the same page. And I, and I, I do – I think the Celtics win tonight, but I definitely have the Heat win in the series. Yeah, I'll take the Celtics tonight because I got them to win the series. So, yeah, I don't think they'd come back down from 3-1. So, I definitely uh, got to take them tonight to get the close one. Yeah, I mean, it should, it should be really interesting to see. I mean, these are probably, and let's let's just say this, these are probably the two best organizations in the NBA, the Heat and the Celtics. Yes, 
the Lakers have the have probably the best player in the league, but I think these are the two best organizations in the league. Seeing the way, you know, the Celtics, you know, got back after, after, you know, the big three left, they kind of, they, in, in like uh, four years, they were already in the conference finals. It's their third trip to the conference finals in four years. Then you look at the heat when LeBron and, and uh, D Wade and Bosch left, they continued to be a competitive team. They continue to be a playoff team. And now both these teams are on the verge of going to the NBA finals. Yeah, you're completely right. The, both these two organizations are run great by their front office. Um, you know, especially, you know, what both teams have done at their stars have left. They've been able to still compete in the yeah, uh, Celtics and trying to break the door now of trying to get back to the finals. As you said, three of the last four years, they've been in the conference uh, finals. Absolutely. Absolutely. It should be really interesting to see what ha- what happens tonight between those two teams. But we're going to talk a little bit about the what happened on Friday and the MVP with Giannis winning this is the MVP for the second year in a row over LeBron and LeBron didn't get that many votes and LeBron was not happy about it. He was, he was really PO'd that, you know, he didn't get the MVP. And I think that's starting to fuel him a little bit, but you know, Giannis wins the MVP for the second year in a row, but here's the question. Giannis might be the MVP, but is he a better player than Kevin Durant or LeBron James? And even arguably Kawhi Leonard, because of what happened last year in the conference finals. I'd say he's definitely not better than LeBron or Kevin Durant. He doesn't need just look at his overall game. Yes. He's a great defensive player, but he does not have the ability to shoot from the perimeter that those two have. And, and I think that's the difference in between, between those two, between him and those two players. And also, yes, he was the, yes. I mean, Joe put up the graphics. He was back-to-back MVPs, but also another big thing with Giannis is, is that, uh, is that is po- what's happened in the postseason last year? He had the 2 0 lead, and you could say, Yes, he hasn't had a great two, but Chris Middleton is still a pretty good two. He was an all star, yes. Is, he, is Chris Middleton a little overrated? Absolutely, but he's still a pretty good, he's still a pretty good two. But so, but you can look at last year in the conference finals up 2 over the up 2 0 on the Raptors, he loses that series to the Raptors, and then this year, yes, he got hurt in game three, but he lost those first two games to Miami, he got in that 0 2 hole. Which 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 was pro- which probably decided the series for the Bucks. So Giannis is clearly a top three, top four player in the game. But in my opinion, at this point, he's still not as good as LeBron, even at thirty five, and he's still not as good as Kevin Durant. Yeah, I gotta agree with you there, and I think it's the jump shot. If he can get a perimeter jump shot, it definitely makes him the top player in the game. But until he gets that consistent jump shot, um, he's he's gonna have this problem because you can defend them off the three-point line and you kind of help off them on the drive and and um just, you know he's just and you know he's still a great player i just it's in today's nba you just you need to have a three-point shot oh absolutely yeah, oh, 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 i thought you lost you there go ahead justin i thought i lost you there okay all right sorry um you know it, it you need to be able to shoot the basketball to be the best player in the NBA nowadays. You got to be able to have that jump shot. It's not really played around the paint anymore and just being, able, you know, twos after twos after two. He's a great player, but I think until he gets that jump shot, um, he's going to be behind LeBron and, and Durant. And it's, or until, you know, he gets that ring, until he gets that championship. Oh, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The championship's big. I mean, let me tell you, as the best player in the league, the championship's big, you know, because you look at, uh, you look at LeBron, he's got, he's got three rings, could very easily win a fourth. You look at Durant, he has two, yes, I know there was Steph Curry, but he has two rings. Giannis, he still has none. Yes. You could argue the number two hasn't been great, but these have been winnable Eastern conferences here. Okay. The, the Eastern conference uh, last year, LeBron leaves. Yes. Kawhi still in the East and beats him. This year was the most winnable for him because Kawhi leaves the conference. So you get two top 
four players leaving the conference in the last two years and you couldn't get to, and you're supposed to be, you know, this back-to-back MVP, no criticism. He's an outstanding player. You're supposed to be this, you know, outstanding, this back-to-back, you know, win back-to-back MVPs, but you not only don't even win the, win the championship, you don't even appear in the NBA finals. So that is just my, I think Giannis is a great player. He's had some great years, but in terms of saying, is, is he the best player in the game for me? No, because of, as just like we said, lack of three-point shooting and lack of playoff success. Yeah, I have to agree with you on both those points. Um, especially, yeah, Kawhi's gone, LeBron's gone. This was their Eastern Conference. It, you know, again, there's nobody at his level. You know, Tatum's good, Butler's good, but they're not at his level. And this was his Eastern Conference. They had the best record. They had the one seed. Um, and they just couldn't be able to finish it. And for the Heat series, too, you could kind of just see that Heat were the better overall team than the Bucs, too. Um you know, and what kind of happened that and, and let's be fair. Giannis did not play that well in game one. Let's be fair. He didn't play that well in game one. Let's be honest. Yeah. And they got in a hole and they never were able to rebound from that. And last year, you know, they kind of went up 2-0 and, you know, the Raptors came back and they weren't able to respond from that. And it hurt him. And, and until, yeah, he gets that playoff success, you know, he won't be better than LeBron or, or Kevin Durant. Oh, no, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But, you know, still a great player. Top four, easily, in my opinion. But he's not on that. He's not on that LeBron Durant tier for me. But we'll wrap up our NBA talk talking about a a coaching move. And Billy Donovan, who mutually parted ways with the Thunder. I'm not going to say fired. Sometimes when I usually I say fired when that happens. But mutually parted ways because of the uh, because of the the direction that uh, the the, uh, Thunder were going. He is now the head coach of the Chicago Bulls. And I think this is a good hire for the Bulls. I think he's definitely clearly a better coach than Jim Boylan. Uh, I think this is a good hire. You know, the Bulls got some talent. They got Zach Levine, Wendell Carter. I think think the Bulls got some some talent there. And I think this is a good move for the Bulls going forward. Yeah, I definitely think. I think there's a great hire for him. Um, Zach Levine, I heard, was very excited. I guess he was uh, streaming or gaming at the time. And... You know, he was like, you know, sounded very excited that they were going to have Billy Donovan as their next head coach. I know you like this hire. You're a, you're a big Billy Donovan guy. You picked the Thunder to win the series against the Rockets, which was almost a very good pick. Yeah, I almost landed out. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I think this is a guy in this Bulls organization, you know, um, it's been what, you know, eight, nine years really what Derrick Rose was there, and they were kind of getting back to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they really haven't had much success since, you know, he, he – He's left, and I think this is a guy that can kind of lead him back. I think we kind of saw with that Thunder team. You get these, you know, that Thunder team was not supposed to be very good. He got him to be able to go out there and compete game in and game out and to be a five-season Western Conference playoff is pretty remarkable. Um, they got, you know, the Bulls got some young pieces. So I think year or two, um, it could be, you know, I could definitely see the Bulls being back, you know, in the playoff picture in the Eastern Conference, which is just great for the NBA to have the Bulls be relevant. Absolutely. I mean, you saw the, you saw how many people loved, loved the last dance, watching the last dance with, with Jordan and the Bulls. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I, and then the Bulls used to be relevant back, you know, from like from when Tom Thibodeau was there. And that was fun. I, I do like watching the Bulls when they're relevant. It's a big market team. It's an exciting team to watch when, they, when they're relevant. Oh, yeah, it is. You know, um, Chicago loves their basketball over there. And, and yeah, it makes the NBA better because you yeah, have a big market, Chicago um is relevant and just the name the bulls and what jordan did there so yeah you know um again i think you give this guy a year or two to 
get a couple more pieces drafting wise or maybe signing somebody. And I think the bulls are going to be in a good spot. Oh, without question, without question. I'm really, really excited. Uh, what Billy Donovan is going to do for the bulls. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I was hoping, uh, we were maybe, I knew it was no chance we were going to fire Luke Walton and hire Billy Donovan, but I knew the chance of that was zero. Yeah, your Kings are a, uh, are a terrible organization. I mean, let's just, let's just, say, let's just say that. I mean, you, 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 you take Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic. That should just say it all. Yeah, even though I, I was one that uh, I, was, I wanted Bagley over Doncic, but, uh, you know. Yeah, that's... Now yeah, now, that, now I'm very regretting that one. That is a terrible, terrible pick there. Terrible pick. Yeah. But we got we, we, we got to go to the NFL. We got a ton ton of NFL news uh, this week. And before we get into the games of the NFL, we got we got to get to the injuries. And obviously, you know, we're starting with the injuries. We're gonna start with my Giants, and we're gonna start with Saquon Barkley. And unfortunately, you know, I was watching the game on Sunday when he went down. Just I, and I knew when he went down, it was bad. At first, he went down and he hurt his ankle. Then he goes down, and then obviously it ends up being an ACL tear, and it just—it was such a such a crushing blow as a Giants fan and for the Giants, and really, really for for three for for three reasons why it's such a crushing blow. Number one, uh, it it really gives them no shot to compete this year. They they pretty much have no shot to compete this year. This is probably a four or five win team at best now without Saquon. But I thought I I predicted they were a seven win team, seven and nine team, maybe with a break here or there could compete for the NFC East. Now I'm thinking four or five wins for, the, for this football team. Uh, number two, it hurts Daniel Jones' development. I mean, having a guy like Barkley in that offense is like Daniel Jones' best friend. I mean, he could he, he could he could do everything. I mean, he could run he could run the ball. He could run routes. Now Daniel Jones doesn't have that, so that's going to hurt his development. And third, and this is the most important thing, is what do the Giants do with Saquon Barkley long term? This is this is such a hard, and I've been thinking about this all week. I've been going back and forth on this all week. This, there's there's no obvious way you can answer the, there's no obvious way you can answer this question because we all know this offseason he's going to want Christian McCaffrey money there is after this ACL tear there is no question he's going to want Christian McCaffrey money but if you're the Giants do you give a guy coming off an ACL or give a guy 17 million dollars a year coming off an ACL tear that's that's a that is a really 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 hard decision right 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 there. Anybody else? If, it was, if this wasn't a player at Saquon Barkley's level, there is no way possible I would give him all that money. But but with Saquon Barkley, it is such a hard call. And, and the, the thing is, you know, this happened. At, this couldn't happen at a worse time because you know, you know, in the off season, he's going to ask for this kind of money. And it's going to be a very, very interesting thing to see what the Giants, what the Giants do, because I, because when you had this number two, you, you finished three and thirteen in 2017. You desperately needed a quarterback. Eli Manning was done. You desperately needed a quarterback, but you took this guy because this guy was so good, you couldn't pass on him. When you desperately needed a guy at the most important position, you took this guy because, as Dave Gettleman said, he was the Gold Jacket player. So, so that, that's why this decision is going to be so hard. And you really can't make a definitive call either way what the Giants do with Barkley. If this happens last year, okay, maybe he's not asking for the money. You can see how he comes off this injury. This year, the timing could not have been worse. Yeah, it, it's a tough time because I heard, I think it was Mike Tannenbaum was saying, um, that really ACLs are kind of for a running back like him that's so elusive and kind of, uses kind of its cuts this is like a two-year rehab 
um, to really get back to fully be Saquon Barkley, which I think makes the decision, you know, even tougher if that's the case. Um, yeah, he's such an elite running back. I don't understand why he got hurt, you know, the ankle, and then the next play they gave it right back to him when he was already hurt, which I didn't understand giving him a break there for a second. But it, it, it's tough because I, he is definitely one of the best, best backs in the game. And what it, you know, it, cause it was an ankle injury last year. Now the ACL, it, it's, it's tougher running back. I know the only thing is without being out this whole year, you look at the one positive, it keeps him more fresh and he's getting less, you know, con- contact on him. But that's really about all the positives here. It's such a tough move and such a tough call. And I think it really depends on where the Giants want to be headed. You know, they don't really want to re- – because right now is your best offensive weapon. Um, you really got to improve that line two for them. But I don't know. I, I, it's so – I you know, and it, the tough thing is it's like you have to do it this offseason. You can't wait to see how he comes he's, back. He's going to want it. He's, he, there's no way he's not going to not want money. He's going to want all this money this offseason. I am convinced of that. Convinced. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think now, he will. And that's now, 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 obviously, he's, they're going to Giants are definitely going to him the fifth-year option. But he's going to want that. He's going to want that long-term deal, or he's going to hold out a training camp. I guarantee you that's going to happen. You think, I don't know if he's that type of guy. I, no, 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 Justin, Justin. Yeah. He's the kind of guy that he wants his – I don't care if he's not that type of guy. He's going to want his money. I don't care what kind of – what his personality is. A player that th- that is this good wants this kind of money. No, that is a good point. He probably will. It's just – yeah, it's just tough because, he, yeah, he's definitely going to want this offseason. You can't really see how he comes back next season. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's so tough, and it just – it's such a tough spot to put Gettleman in. And even for, you know, Joe Judge that, you know – two games in and you already lost your best player. It, yeah, it's, it's such a tough call. I, I'm kind of leaning. You got to keep, I, cause I don't know what the giants, some giant fans are going to do if they, they don't resign Barkley. Um, you know, yeah, I, think I, really I bet you someone like Joe might just stop being a fan because he did the same thing with, with the almost did the same thing with OBJ. You never know. Yeah. yeah I know. And that, you know, and I, I look, I think Barkley's a better, Barkley's definitely a better player than OBJ is. So I agree. Yeah. Um, it's such a tough call, but it, it's so devastating to see a guy like this, and especially the Giants' offense. I know I heard two Sterling Shepard do one on the IR today too. So yeah, he's going to be out for a while, and that's another great Gettleman signing. Uh, you know, an injury, a good receiver, but an injury-prone receiver. He signs to a to a four four-year deal last year. Yeah, it, it's tough. Such a tough spot for the Giants to be in right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Oh, and two with Saquon out They're they're in for another, you know, four and 12, five and 11 season. And, and then, and to replace Barkley, we'll bring this up for real quickly, bring this up. They did sign Devonte Freeman, but let's be, let's be real about Devonte Freeman. Oh, here's the same pay the guy. I, he won't hold out. The, uh, listen, listen, someone who's that good. If they, if he doesn't have, he doesn't have a contract, he's holding out a training camp. I, I if, after coming off an ACL, he's holding out. Unless he get, unless he doesn't, if he doesn't get paid, he's holding out. I guarantee you that's going to happen. So we'll see what ends up happening there. But we do have to talk about what the Giants are going to do to sort of replace him. They did bring in Devontae Freeman. We'll see what ends up happening there. Devontae Freeman did have a good statistical year in Atlanta in 2016. He had a good statistical year in 2015, but a lot of that was Kyle Shanahan. And once Kyle Shanahan left, this guy has been a completely different player and a very ineffective player. So, I mean... He may be able to split time with Wayne Gallman, Deion Lewis, 
with D- William Coleman and Deion Lewis, but I'm not expecting much from Devontae Freeman, unfortunately. And, and, and I don't think he's going to really improve that Giants running game that much. So just to, just, just obviously to recap, just a, just a brutal, brutal injury with Saquon Barkley. Uh, but we'll get to some more injuries in the NFL. And on the same on the field that the Giants and 49ers are going to be playing on on Sunday, the 49ers had a gazillion injuries. But the biggest one was the injury to Nick Bosa, torn ACL. This is a huge injury for the 49ers. Uh, and, uh, George Joe just said, thanks, Joe. Yeah, uh, Gallon was a healthy stretch this week and doesn't seem to be. We'll see, we'll see what ends up happening with Gallon there. Uh, we'll see what ends up happening with the Giants running game there. But we'll get to Nick Boza with, uh, yeah, he 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 uh, tears his ACL. Uh, it, this is a, this is probably if if the, if the 49ers don't lose Garoppolo for a significant amount of time, this is by far their biggest loss because he was the guy that turned things around last year. He's he's the guy that made this defense the top defense in the league last year. He was a guy who made this defense the defensive line the best defensive line in football. This guy is outstanding. If you watch that Super Bowl too, he completely owned Eric Fisher. It might not have been noticeable because of how good Patrick Mahomes is getting away from pressure, but he owned owned Eric Fisher in that Super Bowl. And uh, and and the, and the injuries were on on uh, on Sunday were crazy from the Niners. I mean, Raheem Mostert got hurt. Tevin Coleman got hurt. Uh, Jimmy G suffered a high ankle sprain. He might not play this week in the game. Uh, George Kittle's been out was out last week. Uh, Solomon Thomas also tore his ACL. So just a crazy, crazy week for the 49ers. Yeah, it was. It's, it's too bad, too, because they got out to such a fast start against the Jets in the first play of the game, scoring a touchdown. I guess the NFL is actually right now investigating the turf at MetLife. About, cause I know the 49ers, you know, thought it was a new turf that, the, that MetLife has. But, yeah, you know, you lose Nick Bosa, one of the best defense players in the game. Um, he's a game wrecker. And then Solomon Thomas on the D-line, too. Um, it, just so many injuries for a team that was hoping to get back there. You know, they thought, you know, they had that thing, that Super Bowl up 10 in the fourth quarter. We were able to close it out. Wanted to get back there this year. And um, there's so many big names, too. It's Bosa, your quarterback, Jimmy G, D4, George Kittle, you know, one of the best tight ends in the game. It's just, uh, you know, it's – it's tough to see all these, you know, them to lose all these guys. But let's be honest here. Without the preseason, without the training camps, without all the OTAs, I know week one we didn't see it. But unfortunately, you figured there was kind of going to be a point where we were going to see a bunch of guys go down with injuries. You don't want to see it, but that's what's going to happen when you don't really get into it. I know some of them aren't, you know, like the tornado sales is nothing you really can do. It's just – kind of the way you cut or whatever, but it's unfortunate for Niners team that you get one of the best teams in the NFL and um but you lose, yeah. Um Bosa and Thomas, both of them, you know, for the season really uh puts a damper on their D. Oh absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're gonna play this week without Thomas, Aboza, and D Ford. So that defensive line is completely banged up. And we'll, we'll even get to when we talk about the game. They're also going to play without Raheem Mostert. They're also going to play without Tevin Coleman. The George Kittle will probably play, but and they'll be without Richard Sherman because he's on IR. And they might they might even be, be without Jimmy Garoppolo as well. So it's going to be the Niners are completely banged up this week when they play the Giants. But we're going to get to another running back, and that's a, uh, that is a Christian McCaffrey, and he's out four to six weeks with, with a high ankle sprain. This is a, it's a big loss for the Panthers, but uh, this is this is a big injury. Barkley, Barkley, his and Barkley's injuries are big injuries, but obviously 
those teams weren't going to be Super Bowl teams anyways. Obviously, the Bulls injury to me was the biggest injury, but McCaffrey's injury is still a big injury to, for this Panthers team. I think they're really going to struggle without him, especially offensively. He was the best player in their offense. They have two pretty good weapons in uh, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, and Teddy Bridgewater is an average quarterback at best. But this is really going to hurt their offense because it's going to—they're not going to be able to, you know, use play action. They're not going to now. I think Anderson and uh, Morris numbers go down because of this injury. He was the guy in that Carolina offense, in my opinion. I think he's the best running back in football. The way he runs through the tackles, the way he runs routes, he's the best running back in football. And yes, I think I didn't think the Panthers were going to be good anyways. But now, I think the Panthers could be looking if if, if, if the Jet if the Jets if unless the Jets uh, lose all their games, I think the Panthers could end up being the team to get Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I think they could. Um, yeah, McCaffrey definitely the best back, I think, in the in the NFL. I'm with you there. Um, just does so much. And, it, yeah, just such a um, big piece of this offense. And it's going to be so tough. Their offensive numbers definitely going to go down. It's going to be tougher because they've been averaging almost over 400 yards. Um, even when they kind of went down, I know he kind of went down late in the game, but they – you know, I think their backup running back only had like one yard. I think it was Mike Davis. Like he got two care, but only for like one yard. It's gonna be tough on to run the football, and it's gonna make life even tougher on Teddy Bridgewater and in, in this young team. Um, you know, for the next four to six weeks. However, you know, hopefully he get back as soon as possible. Obviously, but yeah, it, it's looking like you know the Panthers are could be right there for uh, Trevor Lawrence. Oh, 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 absolutely. I thought they were going to be outside of Jacksonville in the preseason. I thought they were going to be a three win team, even with Christian McCaffrey. They, I mean, I think they compete. I think that I don't mind Matt rule, but I just think talent wise, this team is just outside of their weapons. So their two receivers on offense. This team really is deprived of talent. And I think that the Panthers are going to be, this is going to be a long year for Carolina without McCaffrey. Totally agree with you. It's going to be interesting how uh, Joe Brady plays this year on the, in the offense. Um, play action, not going to be much help. No, not at all. So the other team that's been hit with the injury bug, I said the 49ers have probably been hit with the injury bug the most. The other team that's been affected has been the Denver Broncos. You saw what happened with Von Miller. Now Drew Locke is out three to five weeks. And Corlin Sutton is now out for the season with a torn ACL. And this was a team I had predicted to go to the playoffs before the season started. That's not going to happen now with all these injuries, with Locke being out. They just The, the uh, Broncos just signed Blake Bortles yesterday. Uh, but this Broncos team is in big trouble, losing Von Miller and then, lo- then losing Sutton. And, and if you look at the Broncos, outside of their running game, they're out their receiving core. Even though they got they drafted Jerry Judy, that, that could struggle now without Sutton. The quarterback play, if it's Bortles, if it's Jeff Driscoll, that's going to struggle. The offensive line we saw really struggle last week against the Steelers. Their defense isn't as good without Von Miller. I think this is a team that's in for a team that I thought was going to be good. I think it's going to be in for a long season because of these injuries. Yeah, and I guess, too, I guess uh, Jerry Judy right now, I heard this morning, put on the um, – he's on the injury list right now. I guess he's questionable. And then Philip wow. Lindsay sounds like he's doubtful, too. So, they lose running back and then um, could possibly lose Judy, too, this week. But, yeah, it's tough because I think this offense, um, you know, after a couple of weeks here, could have gotten really going. I like the pieces that Denver got. Um, you know, I still think – they have a bright future on the offensive side of the ball, but you kind of lose that development this year. Uh, I know Locke's only out three to five weeks, but I think so hurts a bit. Well, you know, um, still only out four, but uh, yeah, Denver really hit with the injury. But again, I had him at 97. I had him losing the tie break, the Indies. I'd like to have him the first team out, but yeah, another tough one. And then life doesn't get easier with the Bucks coming to town this weekend. 
Oh no, no, that's gonna that's gonna be a brutal game for the for the for the Broncos offense. But that that defense coming in, at least luckily for the Broncos, the Bucks haven't really gelled yet offensively. But with that defense coming in to play Denver, coming to, at least they're at home. But that defense coming to play the, the Broncos with that banged up offense, that's gonna be a really rough day for the Broncos offense. Oh yeah, it it definitely could, especially you know I, I assume at one point Brady's gonna get it going with that offense. So it, I don't know if this is gonna be the week, but hopefully for the Broncos' sake, it's it's not the week. Before we get to the games, we're gonna talk about really the reason for a lot of these injuries, and I think the most obvious one was no preseason games. As much as we hate preseason, as as as, as NFL fans, as much as as, the, as people hate preseason, I feel like you need to have at least two preseason games to get guys, you know, get get guys going to prevent I know there's injuries in preseason games but to get guys to be playing live football because I think a big reason for a lot of the injuries was the fact there wasn't any preseason games. Yeah, I did yeah, I definitely agree with you. The no preseason, no two no OTAs, no training camp. Um, you know, and I thought this week too besides with the injuries, I thought it was a little bit sloppier this week too than week 1 was. Um as the play was a little bit sloppier but you know, we'll see if things get better but yeah, it, it's definitely, you know, it you definitely need preseason. I think two games is good just to get guys reps and just to get guys well conditioned enough to get ready for the season and all that. But it's definitely um yeah, again that's yeah. Re I know everybody hates preseason, but you you do need it for this type of reason. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So we're gonna get into the picks and uh, uh after two weeks, Justin is leading. The, by four games he had his record is 24 and 8 went 14 and 2 last week he had a great week last week uh i am uh 20 and 12 uh, uh four games behind justin I don't, i'm not sure what joe's record is and i think justin's 24 and 8 record has to be leading uh cmg right now i i mean i think it's definitely got to be leading joe hasn't let me know yet but it, it definitely has to be leading he definitely has to be leading cmg right now with that with that yeah with that 24 and 8 record he definitely has to be joe, joe is a 17 17 and 15 right now so uh so justin in first place me at 20 and 12 joe at 17 and 15 but we'll get to the picks this week and we got a thursday there's a tomorrow night we got a game, battle of florida in jacksonville as the 0-2 dolphins travel up to jacksonville to face the uh to face the one and one jaguars and in this game i'm i, I think the jaguars go to two and one because i think they have found their quarterback i'm not i'm not, I'm not you know making a definitive statement i think they found their quarterback in gardner Minshew. he's played really well the, the first two weeks I, and I think he plays well tomorrow. I think there's a good chance Byron Jones won't play for the for the Dolphins. And I think Minshew. Get, I think they have success in the run game. I think Minshew gets the ball to you know DJ Shark. I think the Jaguars are able to move the ball. And on the other side, I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick will have a decent game. I think the, the Dolphins with with uh, Matt Breida will run the football pretty well. But I'm going to take the quarterback that's going to play better and make less mistakes. And I'm going to go with the Jags to go to two and one to beat the Dolphins, 24-20. Justin. Yeah, I, I'm taking the Jags. It's also the battle of mustache versus the beard. Yeah, that's pre that's pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, um, Gardner Menchu's been really good so far this year. He's been fun to watch. Last week, got racked up 480 yards, but the two picks really hurt the Jags. I felt like I'm telling you, I think this is this year. Jacksonville is this year's Miami's Dolphins. Last year's Miami Dolphins team. I think, I think you're. I think you're starting to be right about that. Yeah, I kind of shut you down last week when you said that, but I think you're starting to be. You're starting to be right about that. I'm starting. To, I'm starting to believe you there. Yeah, I think I, you know, and I know what you were saying, you know, with Marone and the culture there, but I, I, I think that the guys they have want to be there, and I think they want to compete. They got all the bad kind of guys out of the locker room that didn't want to be there. So 
and again, I think it's a positive thing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think at home, they're, they'll take it. They'll get the win. We have Before we get to the Sunday games, we're going to talk about the biggest game of the week, and that's the Monday night game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. And this is the probably going to be the best NFL game of the year. I'm really, really, really excited to watch this game. Obviously, you got two of the best quarterbacks in football with Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I think, you know, I think this is going to be a really close competitive game. I think on the Chiefs side, I think they might struggle to run the ball like they did last week. I think they do a little bit of a better job running the ball like they did last week with Edwards Hilaire. But I do think, you know, I know the Ravens defense is really good. And they'll be, and, you know, they got two corners who could match. They got a corner, you got either Marcus Peters or Marlon Humphrey that could lock down Tyreek Hill. But I do think that Hill has a decent game. And I think that uh, Travis Kelsey has a really good game, too. I think the, one of the Ravens' biggest weaknesses is the safety position. So that's why, that's why I think Travis Kelsey has a pretty good game because I don't think the Ravens have a guy that could, that, could, that, that could contain Travis Kelsey. I do think the Ravens will get pressure on Mahomes, but we've seen for years. Does pressure on Mahomes really mean that much? Not really. It did, it did last week, but mm-hmm. he still won the game. Does pressure on Mahomes mean that much? Not really. I think the Ravens will run the ball and they'll have success. They'll score points. But at the end of the day, I have never seen the Ra- Pat, uh, Lamar Jackson beat Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not going to pick Lamar Jackson beat Patrick Mahomes until I see it happen. And I got the Chiefs going to, into Baltimore and winning a close one Monday night. I got the Chiefs 31-28 over the Ravens. I actually got Baltimore in this one at home, 34-31. to um, You know, I know KC struggled last week, but it feels like the Chargers have been a thorn at their side, though. You know, since Mahomes got here, they don't always beat him, but it always seems like they give the Chiefs a competitive game um, every time out. Um, you know, their D gave up 484 yards. I know they weren't expecting Justin Herbert to play, but I, I think, you know, I think they're going to, I think the Chiefs are going to have a tougher time this week. I think they're going to have a tough time slowing down um, the Ravens' offense. I think Jackson could have a big game on the ground. Um, you know, the only worry for me is Baltimore has already given up six sacks, so they got to be they got to be able to protect Lamar Jackson a lot better this week. Um, but I, I like the way they've played so far. I know you know the Texans, Browns, but I guess those are two teams that you now Browns could be a wild card. Texans, you know, years past have been a playoff team. I know not the same right now without Hopkins, but I think at home, I think Baltimore is going to be able to squeak it out. I, I think. Yeah, I know I picked Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, but I don't know. I you know I think um, I don't know. I, I think Lamar's gonna have a, a big day and kind of try to prove everybody wrong. It should be really interesting. That should be a great game, and that's going to be probably one of the highest rated NFL. I think the highest rated NFL game outside of the Super Bowl of the entire season. That's going to rival what that uh, Rams Chiefs game was two years ago. That's what I think is going to happen there. But we got to get to my Giants, and obviously this is the first game they're going to play without Saquon Barkley as they host the 49ers this week at MetLife Stadium. Okay. In a normal week where if the Niners were healthy, I would pick the Niners to win this game. But, and I know the Giants don't have Saquon Barkley, but look at all the injuries the 49ers have. Uh, Richard Sherman is going to be out. Obviously, Nick Bose is lost for the season. They're not going to have D Ford. Uh uh, those are some, those are some really, really crucial injuries. They're not going to have Raheem Mostert and uh, Tevin Coleman, not as huge of injuries because we know Shanahan can scheme out a running game. So I do think the Niners do have some success on the ground, but the bigger, the the biggest issues though, is that Jimmy Garoppolo is pretty much going to be a game time decision with a high ankle sprain. And even if he does play, he's not going to be a hundred percent in that game. 
So I do think that the Giants, you know, I think they, I think that if, if Nick Mullins plays, I think Nick Mullins moves the ball on the Giants, but I think he has a couple crucial turnovers. Just like he did, he had one crucial turnover when they played two years ago. And for the Giants, I think without uh, without Ford and without Bowles, Bo, obviously Bowles is out for the year and Thomas is out for the year, I think the Niners will struggle to get to Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones will make some plays in this game. I think he'll, he'll get the ball. There won't be Richard, Richard Sherman's not playing either. So I think he'll, he'll get the ball to, you know, Golden Tate. Uh, Darius Slayton and Evan Ingram. I think they'll get the ball to them. And I think the Giants have a little bit, not a great success running the ball, but I think they'll get into that, you know, 70, 80 yard range running the football with Deion Lewis and Devontae, Devontae Freeman. I think mostly Deion Lewis because it's, it's Devontae Freeman's first game back. So I think the Giants have a little bit of success running the ball. Call me a homer, call me a fanboy, call me anything you want. And I promise if the Giants don't win this week, I will not pick them for the next two weeks. But I am going to take my Giants in the upset. 23-20 over the 49ers, Justin. Now, I could, I, I definitely could see the Giants winning this week. I, with all the injuries the Niners have, I could definitely see and, it. And, and, and before you make your pick, I love, the, I love the photo, the old school photo between the Niners and Giants that Joe put up there. You, we all know those days of the I – I, I don't remember those days. You don't, but we all remember the 80s. Those teams battled in the playoffs, I think, five or six times. They were in the playoffs every year. I love those old school helmets with the Giants and Niners. Yeah, no, that's a good one, Joe. Fon. Old school one, and uh, – yeah, but I, I got the I mean the Niners won this one 21-17. I know they're very banged up. I'm interested to see how Javon Kinlaw does now that he's gonna have to fill in for Solomon Thomas in the D-line. I'm excited to watch him play. Um again, I think for the Giants, they played, you know, again, they could have lied down last week at halftime, but they they had a chance at the end of the game last week to win it. You know, and that's all you could kind of ask for. So Again, I you know, and I like the way Bradbury's played. I think that's been a really good signing so far. Bradbury's played well. Yeah, and Martinez is I guess he had that issue in coverage at the beginning of the game last week, but he's played pretty well too. So I I didn't love those signings, but they have played well. This defense is a defense has potential to be average. The problem is is you know, when you lose your best player, you can have a very hard time winning this league. Yeah, that's a problem. I, I think the Niners still have a uh, I think the Niners are gonna be able to pull it out. And now I think the Niners are traveling from West East this week. No, no, no. They actually are staying. This is a big factor. They're staying in West Virginia this week. Yeah, that, I, that's what I'm at. Like, if they were actually back on the West Coast, I would have probably gone Giants. But I think because they've been out here, they've been out here for a couple of weeks, I think the Niners will be able to pull it out. It should be a very close one. I think, you know, low scoring. But I think the Niners will be able to pull it out 21-17. Obviously, we got a family rivalry this Sunday in Justin's house as the uh, Raiders travel all the way to Foxborough to face the Patriots. And I think the Patriots will start really fast in this game, and I think the Raiders will start slow. Here's my reason why. The Raiders played a tough game Monday night, got a huge win Monday night in their, in their, uh, in their opening of their new stadium against the Saints. And I think they're going to struggle early taking this trip all the way to Foxborough on a short week. I think they're going to be a little bit tired to start this game. But I think in the second half, the Raiders are going to pick it up. I really like this Raiders offense. I like this Raiders offense with Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller right now, right there with uh, Travis Kelsey and uh, George Kittle as one of the top uh, tight ends in the NFL. I think their offensive line is good. The Raiders, Mike Mayock and John Gruden have done a really good job building this team around Derek Carr. And Derek Carr is a very underrated quarterback. When Derek Carr has the pieces around him, and he saw this in 2016, Derek Carr is a, is a good quarterback in this league. And I think personally, I think he is a good quarterback in this league. But I think Cam Newton... And the way he played on Sunday night, I think the Raiders' defense isn't good enough to contain him. I think he has a big game on Sunday night, gets the ball to Julian Edelman, gets the ball to Nikhil Harry. I think they have success in the, in, in the, with uh, Sonny Michelle uh, with the ground game. And I think in a close one, I got the Patriots beating the Raiders 31-24. I get the Pats 20-23. And, 
I've been trying to tell you about Derek Carr. I, I, I've seen so many Raider games. You know, that's like the second most team I have to watch week in and week out. You know, the only, the only thing I worry about Carr is, again, I think that when he broke his leg, I think that's still in his head because um, there's times where he does not want to get hit and, you know, gets rid of the ball too fast and doesn't go through his reads. But, um, you know, I think Darren Walls would be a tough matchup for us. Um, again, I, you know, and I know, they, I know the Patriots lost, but I was really happy with the way they op- offense played for the most part. Again, um, with their, you know, again, with their defense, it's, you know, again, that's, t- you know, Russell Wilson is, I, you know, one of the best in the league right now. Um, you know, Nikhil Harry already had 13 catches more than the last year. Cam Newton has been trying to help, you know, um, give him some praise, you know, and, and I think it's really helped, helped uh, Nikhil Harry this year. Um, Bird has kind of emerged as our number three guy in this offense for a uh, wide receiver core, which I've, and I've kind of liked him. They got to be able to kind of, you know, I know missing James White, you know, again, condolences to, you know, him and his family. Hopefully he's back on the field Sunday. Would really help him out because Michelle only had 19 yards. They really could not get much other in the running game than Cam. But um, again, I, I think they're going to be able to pull it out 2023. Yeah, so it should be a good game between those two teams. But we got an AFC matchup in Pittsburgh. Uh, got the two and zero Steelers against the desperate zero and two Texans, and I think in I think in this game the Steelers are going to have success running the ball with James Conner. I think Big Ben will manage the game. And I do think the Steelers will get a lot of pressure on Deshaun Watson, but I love Deshaun Watson. I think he's going to compete and this game is going to be close. But at the end of the day, I think this game comes down to the ball in Deshaun Watson's hands against the Steelers defense. And as much as I like Deshaun Watson, I like the Steelers defense a little bit more. And I'm taking the Steelers in this one, 23 to 19 over the Texans. But this is a game the Texans got to win or Bill O'Brien could lose this locker room. This is a must win for the Texans. Yeah, the Texans did not get much help from the uh, scheduling department with their first three games. Probably the top three teams in the AFC right now. They got a face. Um, and I, I think J, uh, TJ Watt and uh, Battle of the Brothers, TJ versus JJ on Sunday. But I think Bud Dupree, TJ Watt are, are going to live in the backfield. I, I think they're really going to get pressure on Watson. Again, he can scramble and make plays. Um, I just don't know if he's going to be able to make enough of them. I don't know if. And I think the Seals are going to be able to pull this one out at home. Um, you know, James Conner had a great bounce back week last week after really struggling Monday night. I know he got hurt in that game. But I, I think, you know, Pittsburgh's going to be too much for him. I think they get the win at home 27 to 17. We got an NFC matchup in Atlanta, and Atlanta's trying to bounce back from an absolutely crushing, crushing loss last Sunday to the Cowboys. They host the 2 0 Bears this week. And I think this is a close, competitive game. But, you know, I'm going to take the team that needs to win more, and I'm going to take the better quarterback. I do think the Bears move the ball on the Falcons' defense, so I think Trubisky's numbers are pretty good. But I do think Matt Ryan has a pretty good day against the Bears' defense as well. I think, you know, Julio Jones has a good game. Calvin Ridley has a good game. I think this is close. It's going to come right down to the end. But I'm going to take the Falcons over the Bears 26-23. I'm going to take the Bears to go on the road 30-27. I think it's another – I think Mitchell Trubisky comes, you know, leads them back – late in the fourth quarter and gets a game or touchdown drive. Um, Atlanta has just been, you know, that, that was just, uh, I don't know how they lost that game. I don't know how they don't understand that you could jump on that onside kick there. Um, but I think, you know, I, I think Trubisky's going to have success. I think something like kind of 
when they played the Lions a couple weeks ago, they may struggle early, but I think they kind of come back. They find it. They find it. They get going, and they should be able to win this game. Um, I just do not like Atlanta's defense right now at all, and I just I, I think you know Mitchell's going to play a pretty good game. We got an interconference matchup in Cleveland as the as the Washington football team heads out to Cleveland to face the uh, the, the Cleveland Browns. And uh, I think for Cleveland, I think this is another game where they have a lot of success on the ground. I like their blueprint last week against Cincinnati, running the football with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And I think they do that again this week. I think they run the football with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Yes, the Redskins have stopped the run uh, pr- pretty well. The, last, the first two weeks, but I think that's I think the, the the Browns have success on the ground, and that limits the pass rush of of the of, of the uh, Redskins to get the, to uh, to get to Baker Mayfield. And for the Redskins, they had a big injury with uh, losing Brandon Sheriff. I'm not sure if he's out for the season or not, but they Brandon Sheriff won't play. He's the Redskins' best offensive lineman. So I think Miles Garrett and Olivia Vernon, Sheldon Richardson are going to have a field day getting to uh, getting to getting to join Haskins. I think the Redskins also have a have success uh, running, the, not have that much success running the football either. So I think what the, uh, Cleveland wins this game. And I think Baker manages the Browns to another victory. And I got the Browns beating the Washington football team 24 to 13. I get the Browns win this one 23 to 20. I think, you know, Baker may make a mistake or two and keeps Washington close on this one. Um, they got to do a better job on the ground um, this week. The car, I mean, the uh, Washington gave up hundred. 60 rushing yards last week. Um, I think, you know, and then I think for the, you know, Browns, I think they'll be able to control their own game with that being said. Um, they got it. You know, I do worry. They got to protect Baker Mayfield. Um, but I, I think the Browns have a little bit too much offensively for Washington to keep up. And I'll take the bear. I mean, the Browns to get the home win at home. Got an interconference matchup in Minnesota as the Titans head up to Minnesota to face the Vikings. Titans 2-0, Vikings 0-2. And this is another game of an 0-2 against a 2-0 team. I'm going to take the team that's 0-2. I'm going to take the more desperate Minnesota team to beat Tennessee. I think Dalvin Cook has a good game on the ground. I think that Kirk Cousins plays better this week. And I just don't see Ryan Tan. He had a big week last week. I think the Viking defense, yes, it hasn't played well, but I think it's better. I think it's not the defense it was in 2017, but I think it's better than what it's shown the last two weeks. And I think it'll have a pretty good game on Sunday. Yes, I think Jarek Henry will get his yards on the ground. But I think the Viking defense gets some pressure on Ryan Tannehill. Has a pretty good game. I think Tannehill has a costly turnover in the game, too. And I'm going to go with the Vikings in the upset in this game. I can't see a Mike Zimmer team going on three. I like Mike Zimmer. He's a good coach. Not a great coach, but a good coach. I got the Vikings beating the Titans 24-21. I'm in, I got the Titans 30-15. I, I really remember last year, Steve, when uh, Diggs was kind of not happy with the production. And I, they were struggling offensively. I think he really just misses. I think this offense really misses Stephon Diggs. Oh, absolutely. Really absolutely. Did. And I – it's cousins right now just looks lost out there. He's making a lot of poor decisions. I, I just don't think this Minnesota team's really good offensively. I know they still got Cook and um, Thielen. I just, I don't really see him doing much. I think Tennessee is able to control this game. Um, their first two no starts since 08. and Ryan Tannehill also leads the league since week seven of last year with ten straight games, at least two touchdowns and no ints. He's been able to take care of the football, and I think he'll be able to do that again. I think Cousins is going to make a couple mistakes and Titans are going to be able to capitalize off of it. 
We got an interconference matchup in Buffalo. And this is interesting because the Rams were on the East Coast last week in Philadelphia. I think they I'm pretty sure they flew back to Los Angeles. They'll be heading back to Buffalo this week. So that's that is definitely an advantage for the Bills. I and I think the Bills are gonna have a good day offensively. And they get the run game going with Moss and Singletary. I think Josh Allen, who's played really well these first two weeks, he continues to play well. And for the Rams, I the, the biggest thing, the biggest reason why I didn't think the Rams were gonna be that good this year is because of their offensive line and their run game. That has been that has improved from last year. Their O line has definitely improved. Their run game with with Dontrell Henderson and Malcolm Brown has improved, but Malcolm Brown might be out this week, and that could hurt that run game. And I still think Jared Goff has a decent week. I think he still plays pretty well. But I got Buffalo winning this game against the Rams, 27-20 to go to three and out. Yeah, I get the Bills 28-24 at home. Um, Diggs has been a great addition. We were just talking about the Vikings. Um, and I heard somebody make this comparison the other day with Josh Allen. I thought it was actually pretty interesting. I kind of agreed with it that Josh Allen is like a big league kind of slugger in baseball. You know, he's it's he's either going to hit the home run ball or he's going to strike out. And Great comparison. Great comparison there. Yeah, I forgot who it was. but And it makes sense because they didn't shoot, you know, shooting for the deep ball. Um, for the most part, it's, it's panned out so far for the Bills. And, I, you know, and for the Bills too coming up, you got to go to Vegas and Tennessee coming up and D.C. coming at home. So this is, I feel like, a must kind of win game here. Uh, win, but you know, again, kind of tough stretch here. Even though, you know, um, they should be able, I think, take care of business here at home. But I'm surprised with how we're in, well the Rams have been playing. They've been um, surprisingly um, playing some good football so far. Absolutely, got a matchup of two 0 and two teams in Philadelphia as Joe Burrow and the Bengals uh, had to head up to Philly to face uh, uh, Carson Wentz and the Eagles. And here's the thing: I know Carson Wentz is getting a ton of criticism this week. He's, he's getting he's getting destroyed for the way he's played. Yes, the last six quarters of football, he has been absolutely terrible. He's been awful. But we know Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. We know Carson Wentz is a top 10 quarterback in this league. And I think he's going to show that on Sunday. I think a big reason for that is they're going to get that running game going with Miles Sanders. He had a good week last week and the Bengals cannot stop the run at all. I think Miles Sanders in the pass game and the run game is going to have a huge week. I think Carson Wentz is going to have a good week. I really, really like Joe Burrow. I think he is the guy with, for the Bengals and, he, and he's played well the first two weeks. Just the team Joe Burrow was on is was the worst team in football last year. And he's trying to elevate that team. But I do, I do think he plays a really good game too. But I'm gonna. The Eagles need this game. I did pick the Eagles the first two weeks as a Giants fan. It's weird picking the Eagles and then they lose. I picked the Eagles the first two weeks and they and they lost. But I'm gonna do it again. I'm gonna pick the Eagles again, and I got them winning this week, 31-27 over Bengals. I get the Eagles 24-20. I don't know. If, did did you hear it, Steve? Uh, Sunday after one of the interceptions, it's, they actually had the sound effects of. Uh, Booing Carson Wentz and that, and, and I listened actually to Phil. I was listening to ninety-seven by the fanatic. That was not uh, the stadium. That was the Fox crew that did that really? for the for the for the fans. Yes, that was not the stadium. That was the Fox crew that did that. Oh, I did not know that. Huh. Yes, that was the Fox crew that did that. I guess that makes more sense because that was weird that they actually they would you know that, even that actually was weird. Even the Eagles, they would never do that. They would never. Uh, no, no team's going to pipe in crowd noise. That's. Uh, that the, the, no team's going to pipe in crowd noise booing. That was the Fox crew that did that for entertainment for the fans watching the game. That that makes a lot more sense now because that that was in, that was interesting um, when I heard that. But yeah, you know, um, yeah, he's he's really been struggling. Their turnover margin's already at minus five. Um, Joe Burrow was also hit last Thursday more times than he than he was all of last year at LSU. It just kind of shows how bad his offensive line. But obviously, LSU had a bunch of NFL players on that team 
Um, definitely agree with you. They, Joe Burrow is a guy to kind of bring um, Cincinnati kind of back here, try to elevate them, get them back to the playoffs. Not this year, but um, in the few, you know, in a few years, they have the weapons. But I think the Eagles are going to bounce back this week. Yeah, I, I, I agree there. I think the Eagles win this game. We got the biggest, one of the biggest games of the week in Seattle as the Cowboys head out to Seattle to face the Seahawks. And I think this is a really, really high-scoring game between both these two teams because, you know, even though Tyron Smith might be out, Seattle cannot get pressure on the quarterback, as you saw last week. I think Dak has a huge week. Cooper has a huge week. Lamb has a huge week. Bark, uh, I mean, uh, Elliott has a good week on the ground. And for the Seahawks, same thing. I think they have success on the ground. And Wilson has a huge week getting the ball to DK Metcalf as well. So I think this game is back and forth uh, between the two teams. But I have Seattle winning it 34-31 over the Cowboys. But here's the thing with the Cowboys. After last week, can we now pay Dak Prescott? Jerry Jones, pay the man. He deserves the money. He brought you back from three scores down to win that game. Pay Dak Prescott. But I got Seattle winning this week. Yeah, I got Seattle 34-24. Um, that was an incredible comeback by Dallas. And yeah. I mean, got a little lucky. As a Cowboy hater, got a little lucky. But still, incredible comeback. I'll give it to him. Yeah, well, I mean, three Falcons yeah. looking at the football on the onside kick, but still, I'll give it to him. I'll give it to him. You know, that, that's coaching the, um, right there, Bon Dan Quinn. But, uh, you know, going to Seattle, I just don't still understand how Russell Wilson does not have at least one vote for MVP. It's absolutely, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely absurd. I mean, the guy is clearly, he's arguably the best quarterback in the league. He's right there with Patrick Mahomes on the top tier of quarterbacks. It's absolutely ridiculous. And he does everything you want in a quarterback. The guy's humble. The guy cares about his team. He's an outstanding player, an outstanding leader. He's everything you want from a quarterback. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, clearly. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I've heard West Coast bias in, in college. It's more, but I'm not usually seeing it in the NFL, West Coast bias, you know, with time they play at. But uh, it's still so surprising. Um, DK Metcalf, um, he looks like an emergent starting to sleep. You bet, you bet the Patriots drafted him, dude. Oh, uh, no, I trust me. Yeah, Sunday night was very, you know, uh, very down on that. Um, especially he, he burnt uh, Gilmore a couple of times, but that, that was frustrating. Why DK Metcalf beat us is hoping he was gonna be a Patriot uniform. Um, so I, I think Metcalf could have another big day against that secondary. I think Seattle at home, I don't, you know, even though it's not the 12 man, they're not going to fan there. I think Seattle is still going to get the one at home. We got Tom Brady heading out to a little, uh, this is a house of horrors for Brady though. As we know, as, as Patriot fans know, he's heading to Denver to face the uh, Broncos. But the problem with the Broncos is they're so banged up on, on off and off, especially on offense and even on defense without Von Miller. I mean, I think that uh, Denver has a lot of trouble against the Tampa Bay defense. I think uh, the Bucks completely shut down Denver's offense. And I think the, I think the Buccaneers do enough offensively. I think they get the run game going with format for now. I think Brady has a pretty good game and I got, I got, and I got the uh, Bucks winning this one 24 to 10 over the Broncos. Yeah, I get the Bucks 27-17 on the road. Uh, I thought, you know, the Bucks offense looked really good in the first half, and then second half they kind of just fell apart. They didn't really play well in the second half. Um, yeah, I know Bruce Arian said Gronk's they're going to use him as a blocker, not as a receiver, so Gronk's not very happy about that. But, um, it, you know, I'm kind of um, – Jeff Driscoll, too. He actually has more completions down the um, – more than 20 yards so far than Patrick Mahomes does. I never thought he was going to kind of really be in the NFL. I didn't really like him at Florida. I know he went to Louisiana Tech and played pretty well senior year. Not really a big fan of him. I think they're, you know, going to struggle offensively. I could see, you know, a Bucks turnover kind of, you know, deep in their own zone and Denver kind of capitalize on it. But 
Tampa, I think, 27-17 win. Fish, we got a game. We got a battle in uh, Arizona of uh, the 2-0 Cardinals and the 0-2 Lions. And for me, this is such an easy one. I mean, the Lions are an absolute mess. Matt Patricia should never, should not be. He's the worst head coach in the NFL. Yes, he's worse than Adam Gase. He is the worst coach in the National Football League, uh, Matt Patricia. And he should never have came back this year. The Lions have lost uh, now 11 in a row. Four times. They've made history. They've had a double-digit lead in the last four games, and they've lost all four of those games. And they have they still have Matthew Stafford, who's not a who's, who's, yes, he's regressed, but he's still not a bad quarterback. Even though I'm not a big, huge Matthew Stafford fan, he's not a he's not a bad he's not a bad quarterback. But the, the Lions are a total total mess. And and look, the Cardinals should win this game big. They should get the run game going with Kenyon Drake because the Lions can't stop anything on the ground. Uh, uh, you know, Kyler Murray should have a huge game through the air, getting the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. And for the Lions, I think, you know, I think they're going to have a hard – I think they're starting to quit on Mike Patricia. I mean, I think they're going to have – even offensively, I think Stafford is, is going to start looking unengaged. He's the one guy where when things are going well, he starts playing well, but there are times where he looks unengaged. That, that, that happened in the first season under Matt Patricia. I think the Lions – I think the Cardinals' defense gets pressure on him. I think it's a rough day for the Lions' offense as well. I think this is a big Cardinals win, 31 to 13. And Matt, and Matt Patricia's days as, as a head coach should be numbered. Yeah, uh, him and Adam Gase are right there neck and neck to me as the worst coach in the league. I, I, I think, you know, Lions start out fast, and I think they blow it once again. They, they you know, they start out fast, and they kind of just – they just implode. Um, I just cannot believe four straight games to blow double-digit leads. It's just uh, – that, that's, that's bad. And what happened? You know, they beat the Patriots that Sunday night game his first year and dominated them. And everybody said Patricia's going to turn Detroit around. Uh, it's been complete opposite since that. Caldwell was much better than him. Much better than Patricia. There's a lot. <laughs> everybody. A lot of coaches are much better than Patricia. Yeah, there, there's a ton. And uh, I think they're in a. I think you know Arizona's in fall behind, but I think they'll mount and come back and. Again, I, I think Hopkins is going to torch the secondary because Akuda Rogers really targeted. Oh, Akuda was horrendous last week against the Packers. Horrendous. He was. Yeah, you know, and I feel for the for, feel for the rookie, but I, I think Murray's going to go after him again this week. And it shows you why we got the number three pick. I think would have been smart taking two and and ending the Stafford era. Yeah, it, it yeah it definitely could. I know they thought Stafford was still the, their guy. Yeah. You know. uh, listen, I'm a fan of a team that knows what happens when you still think you have the guy and you don't. I know, I know that feeling. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, Cause I, the Lions too thought, you know, I, again, I don't think they were a playoff team, but I think it seems like they kind of in the front office, they believe that they're a piece of life and being the, you know, yeah, the this, this is Matthew Stafford. He's at, at his peak. He's a good quarterback. He ain't winning the championships because you don't know what Stafford you're getting. And the Stafford you're getting this year is not the good one. So that's why they should have moved on. Yeah, they, they should have been, you know, again, and like, look at the, at this rate, maybe they, maybe they're a team that find their way to top pick. Oh, I think they are. I, th I, th I think they are. I think they'll, I think they could end up getting Justin Fields or even maybe Trevor Lawrence this, if they continue to play this way, but from another terrible team, from one terrible team to another terrible team and probably the worst in football, we got the jets heading to Indianapolis to face the Colts. And you know, you're bad when you're a 10 and a half point underdog against a quarterback that is way that is past his prime. We were even arguing the last week that Phillip Rivers might be one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And the Colts are a 10.5-point favorite. And I think the Colts cruise in this game. I think they get the run game going with Jonathan Taylor. I, I think Phillip Rivers just doesn't – this is a game where Phillip Rivers just doesn't have to do much. He just doesn't – he just has to manage the game. And, and for the Jets, I know there's injuries in, in the secondary for the Colts. But, you know, I think I think the offensive line with DeForest Buckner is going to get pressure on uh, – on, 
uh, Sam Darnold. I don't. I think Darius Leonard will prevent the Jets from running the football. And as much of a Sam Darnold fan as I am, he needs. I know the roster is terrible, but he needs to step up too. And but I think this game is a a big Colts win. I think the bigger question is if the Jets get the number one pick, what do they do? And as big of a Sam Darnold fan as I am, if they get the number one pick, I think I, they need to take Trevor Lawrence if, if if it gets to that point. I think I I would have to agree there because you let a guy like Trevor Lawrence slip. Who I heard you know too, he's the best QB prospect since Andrew Luck. He can't really pass on a guy like that. And um, and, and I heard too, and the uh, you know everyone misses quickly is let's remember too for Jeff Baines that everybody wants Gase all fired. He's not going anywhere. He's the one that hired Joe Douglas, and everybody I heard above Joe Douglas for the most part all Peyton or friends with Peyton Manning. And this is Peyton Manning's guy, Adam Gates. So I don't know if the Jets are going to burn that bridge in the front office. Oh, God. I, oh, I have God. a feeling that Adam Gates isn't going anywhere. It seems hey, like but, 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 the, but the thing is, he needs to go places. you got even guys saying, you got Avery Williams, you got Dexter McDougal saying, they're not practicing well. They're practicing terrible. How are you not even practicing well? If you're not practicing well, that's on the head coach. Their practices are lackluster. I think this team has kind of even quit on him because of the Jamal Adams trade. I think the Jamal Adams trade has definitely affected this team to start the season. That's why this thing is just a complete mess with the New York Jets right now. It is. And, and the owner last week said Adam, he called Adam Gase again a genius. So <laughs> kind of that, That's the problem. The owner is a buffoon. Chris Johnson is a buffoon. Uh, thank God, that's yeah. the problem. Now, at least you guys aren't the worst team in New York. At least you guys have <laughs> yeah, I know. better yeah. um, kind of. I mean, it's, not, it's hard not to be knowing that the Jets are the other team in New York. Yeah, it is. But look, this is just this is just awful. Oh, it's pathetic. Right now, Colts, yeah. Colts won big. Yeah, Colts, yes. We got a interconference matchup in Los Angeles as the uh, Charger, as a Panthers uh, head to uh, LA to visit the Chargers. And first, before we talk about the game, you know, crazy story about Tyrod Taylor, unfortunate story about Tyrod Taylor. I mean, I feel terrible for him, even though he might have lost his starting job anyways. I just feel terrible for Tyrod Taylor. But getting to the game, I think the Pan- this this Chargers defense, you saw what they did last week to Kansas City, getting pressure on Mahomes, limiting Mahomes. They'll definitely limit this Panthers offense while Christian McCaffrey. I think this Chargers defense will have a huge day. And I think on the ground, you know, Justin Herbert will manage this game, run the ball with Joshua, Joshua Kelly and Austin Eckler. And, and I think a game that Herbert does, doesn't have to do as much. And I got the Chargers win, and I got them win it 24-9 against the Panthers. I get Chargers 21-20. I think, you know, I think Carolina could keep it close this week. I think they could be able to – or 23-17, my bad. Um, you know, I think, you know, Panthers scored late touchdown, late field goal late to kind of make it uh, respectable. Um, I, you know, a lot of – um, you know, kudos for Josh for Justin Herbert the way he came in there last week at the last possible second. Um, the start without any preseason and probably didn't take any reps with the first team last week to be able to play like, like he did. Um, and I was kind of guy I didn't really know what to expect from him, but you know, it looks like you know he could have a future right now. Yeah, you know, he could have a decent future in the NFL. No, I definitely like what I see out of Justin Herbert. I, I definitely like what I see out of him, and I like the Chargers winning this week. We got to get to the last game of, of the uh, of the of the weekend and the sun, the Sunday night game. And I think this is going to be an exciting game uh, between the uh, Saints and the uh, Packers. And I think the difference in this game, though, is I think Michael Thomas is more on track to play than Devontae Adams is, and I think the the Saints will be the team that runs the ball better. I know the Packers clearly have the better quarterback in Aaron Rodgers who's played outstanding. Drew Brees has struggled, but I think the Saints are going to run the football better. Definitely going to run the football better than the Packers. And I think that's going to be the difference in the game, the run game with Murray and Kamara. I think Brees 
will will manage the game. He'll make he'll, he'll make some good throws. Uh, I'm pretty sure Michael Thomas will play. And for the Packers, I think the the Saints will contain that running game. I think they're a little embarrassed what happened on defense on Monday night. I think they'll contain that running game. They'll get some pressure on Aaron Rodgers. And I got the Saints winning a close one. I got the Saints beating the Packers 27-24. I got the Packers 34-24. I, um, you know, I Aaron Rodgers right now just looks like a man playing possessor now. Um, I know Adams is questionable. I just didn't like the Saints for the most part. They got out to a nice start, and then they kind of just, uh, again, that second half, they just could not stop the Raiders whatsoever. Uh, and penalties, too. Penalties were a huge part of that. And, again, I think, um, I, you know, I, I think, again, I think a guy like when you're playing Aaron Rodgers, a guy you can't really give um, extra plays to. And I think he could burn them. I don't, you know, if Thomas is, um, if he plays, I think you know, the Saints definitely have a good shot of when I think they probably do win the game Thomas is playing, but I just, you know, again, Breeze is not the same right now. And I'm going with the Packers. Before we get to uh, college football, we're going to talk about a little about uh, unfortunate passing today and, and Gail Sayers pass, unfortunately at the age of 77 and Gail Sayers. I mean, if people don't really know him, for, I remember him from the movie, Brian song, him and Brian Piccolo. I mean, just, and he was right by Brian Piccolo's side when he unfortunately passed away. He just, just, just a, Brian song was a great movie. I enjoyed watching. It's a great movie. And Gail Sayers had a really, really good, had a, had a great NFL career, five-time pro bowler, four-time all pro you know, a Chicago bear from 1965 to uh, 1971. One of the, one of the, you know, he played, played for, I think he played for George Hallis with the bears pro football hall of famer, 1977, just, just a great player. And one of the, one of the best running backs in the history of the NFL. Yeah. And, you know, and two, yeah, he only played seven years in the NFL too, you know, and, and um, for the short time they kind of had in the league, he really made a huge impact with the you know, four pro uh, four pro bowls. Um, absolutely great return, man. You know, eight touchdowns, um, almost, uh, almost 5,000 yards rushing too in his career in, you know, seven years. So, um, yeah, a tremendous, uh, player. Um, he was a tremendous player. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just so sad to see him, to see him go. Just one of the best, one of the best players in the history of the NFL. But we're now going to get to college football. And before we get into the games, we're going to talk about some of the COVID issues that are going on in college football. And as you see this week, Notre Dame and Wake Forest got postponed. Uh, you, you saw and now now uh, South Florida is concerned about COVID. And then last week you had uh, the Houston Baylor get postponed. Even the week before, Houston was supposed to play Memphis. And then uh, UNC, UNC Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, that game got po- it got canceled. BYU and, uh, and uh, Army got postponed. So the COVID issues, I'm not – even with the big SEC starting this weekend and the Big Ten coming back, I am not convinced that this college football season is going to finish because of the COVID issues. Yeah, it's yeah, you know, it kind of the, jumps off the page. They're definitely oh, a lot further where I thought they were going to be. I didn't think there was going to be a college football season a month and a half ago, but I'm not hundred percent convinced this college football season is going to finish. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you again. The t- I think if they can get the Thanksgiving, which is again still two months away. I, they'll be able to get it. It's just the tough part is with, um, again, with still all these guys being on campus with everybody else on campus. It, it Again, and all these coaches say, well, they're healthier, they're safer on campus. Uh, if there are no students there, 100% agree with you. Now, I, not so much because 18 to 22-year-old kids, are, they don't, most of them are not social distancing. Again, it they don't care. Um, and, again, a lot of these guys are, you know, uh, from the most part, getting from all that, and yeah, I think 
you know, it, it does jump off the page with all the cancellations with the North, you know, and Notre Dame was one of the um, kind of better ones throughout the summer. Um, they only had like one or two positive tests all summer. And then now with school, it's kind of jumped. And again, it, you're going to, you know, again, I think like the SEC schools are going to push through it no matter what, but um, if it gets bad enough, you know, who knows? Yeah, this is a story we'll be monitoring pretty much all season, but we got to get to the to the games this week. I mean, we're going to talk about a good amount of them. We'll start with the noon kicks with uh, Florida going up against Ole Miss. So you got Kyle Trask going up against uh, Lane Kiffin in his first game. I think Florida's defense is too good, and I think Trask is a good quarterback, and I got Florida winning it by a couple scores. Yeah, I got Florida. Um, again, I think you know, this is their year. This is Florida's year to finally – Get the SEC East. The, oh, again, Dan Bowen promised another championship. They haven't won the SEC since 08. Um, they get added a guy on the line, Stuart Reese, 34 games started at Mississippi State. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Lane Kiffin does. John Reese Plumley. if he does get the starting job, it's either him or Matt Coral. Um, uh, John Reese Plumley, one of the toughest quarterbacks to stop on the ground. He has 113 rushing yards a game. And then they have a freshman coming off on the edge here, freshman uh, Damian Clowney, the cousin of Jay Babion. So he's one of the top recruits for Ole Miss. So um, I got Florida win this one, 31-17. Another SEC matchup noon as we got Kentucky traveling to Auburn. And I think this is a close competitive game, but I'm taking Bo Nix and the Auburn Tigers. Yeah, uh, I got Auburn at home, 28-24. Bo Nix, I think he needs to take that next step. He's got a great wide receiver duo with Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz. Um, and Schwartz is one of the top, uh, fastest guys in college football. Um, Chad Morris, the new OC, just uh, coming over from Arkansas, um, the head coach last year. On the D-line, they're, you know, obviously a couple holes lost on the D-line, but a guy that they're really looking forward to stepping in this year, Big Cat Bryant. Uh, kind of great name for that. Um, and then for Kentucky – Again, I don't think Mark Stoops has got enough credit for what he's done with this Kentucky program. Nobody really cared about Kentucky football. This was a you know, three, four, one team every year. Um, and he's come in here at three straight bowl games. Um, Perry Wilson back at quarterback. But I just think that Auburn's got too much. Kentucky will keep it close, but 20-24. Got Louisville traveling to Pittsburgh this week. And uh, I think that Cunningham has a bounce back week. And I think the Cardinals want a close one over the Panthers. Yeah, I got um, I I got Pitt at home, thirty-four to twenty-four. Um, Kenny Pickett's, I think, very good quarterback. I um, didn't get talked too much about this defense though. Was one of the best in the country. They they only gave one hundred seventy yards last week to Syracuse. Um, uh, Chase Pine, middle linebacker, Coach Narduzzi says he could be a big-time NFL middle linebacker. Um, so it, you know, watch out for him. For Louisville, their defense, it's the same story as last year for Louisville. They just gave up way too many big plays. They did that again Saturday night. And I think Pitt at home is going to be able to get the win. Mississippi State travels to Baton Rouge to face LSU, the defending national champs. But LSU is a completely different team. This is Mike Leach's opener with Mississippi State. I got LSU. I don't think the game's going to be a blowout. I got LSU winning a close one over Mississippi State because Mississippi State's got their running back coming back. Yeah, I think 34 to 21 LSU. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how Mike Leach's offense comes in here. Um, he actually made a funny statement today, <laughs> yeah, Mike Leach, uh, saying that he's going to have – he wants somebody next to him at all times that's closer, just in case the Tiger escapes the, um, 
uh, the cage this week, so he doesn't get eaten first. Uh, very um, Mike Leach-like, but I get uh, this OSU team. They got you know Jabil Cox, uh, linebacker coming in from North Dakota State. I think he's a guy that's really gonna make a name for himself for the draft. Derek Stingley, I think, is the best defense back in the country. Jacoby Stevens is back. He had 92 tackles a year ago. And the tight end, Reed Gilbert coming in, this freshman Gatorade Nash player of the year, 6'5", 250 tight end. Um, one of the top high school pro- – this is, like, top um, – one of the best high school prospects, you know, people have seen at tight end um, in a long time. So, it, it, I can't wait to watch him play. But Miles Brennan, a tough, tough spot here to take over for Joe Burrow, but they should be able to get the job done. We got a battle of Texas. Texas has the Lubbock to face Texas Tech, and I think with Sam Ellinger this year, this is their this is Texas year to win the Big Twelve with uh, with with uh, Oklahoma having an inexperienced quarterback. I got the Longhorns big over the Red Raiders. Yeah, fifty-two to twenty-seven. Um, Texas Texas Tech struggled against Houston Baptist, a newer Division One team, and they give a five hundred ninety-four yards of offense. Um, they just again, it's Texas Tech um, just has not been able to stop anyone. Andre Fry. Um, they changed him. He's an All-American. They he was a safety, moving from cornerback. Um, but this Texas offense, Benji Robinson, six foot two, twenty-two running running back. Um, should be fun to watch him. Their secondary, they got nine guys back on defense. Their secondary is loaded. They got three drop picks at safety. This is Texas year. There's pressure on uh, Tom Herman to start getting it done here. And this is the year for Texas, and they should take care of business big against the Red Raiders. We got Army heading to Cincinnati this weekend. I think it's a close competitive game, but I'm taking the Bearcats over Army. Yeah, I got Bearcats as well, 27 to 21, back to back 11 year wins for Luke Fickle. Um, and he did turn down that Michigan State job. They come back here. Um, they got four running backs. Um, you know, they're, I mean, they're looking for somebody to kind of step up at running back this year. They got four transfers coming in on the offensive side of the ball to help out. Um, but I think Cincinnati's going to be able to get it done. Army's been good, but this is a really first big test of the year. They're 2 deep, you know, averaging just under 400 rushing yards a game. They already got three guys over 100 yards. Um, if Army could kind of control the pace of the game like they like to do, keep, keep the ball out of Devin Riddle's hands, I think Army's got a good shot to win it. But, again, Cincy, I think could they can run the table. I think they could have a shot at the table for the, um, for the college football playoff. I think they could be in the conversation. Big 12 matchup in Stillwater as the Mountaineers uh, traveled down to Stillwater to face the face Oklahoma State. And I don't care who plays quarterback for uh, Oklahoma State. I got Oklahoma State winning the game because of Chua Hubbard. I got win- I got him winning it close, just like last week. Yeah, um, the scary thing about last week was they had 12 more practice than Tulsa did because Tulsa had Kobe turns. And Tulsa's quarterback only practiced four out of the 42 days because he had COVID and he was in quarantine for a month. And the offense really, really struggled. Um, I don't know if – I haven't heard anything on Sanders. I think he is still questionable. Um, they looked awful. I don't think they could look any worse. Again, I think this is the third best team in the Big 12. They can make some noise and they could get you – know, they, they could get to the Big 12 championship game. But they got to look a lot better offensive. Their defense, though, that's always been the problem. They were 82 years ago. Last year, they were 37 defensive efficiency in the country. And they got 10 guys back. Um, for West Virginia, they didn't go bowling for the first time since 2013. They were 128th last year in rushing. They really need to improve on that um, up front on the D line. They got the uh, they got Darius and Dante uh, Stills, the brothers. They both um, 
Both of them had 11 half tackles, or you know, um, Dante or Davis had 15 tackles for loss, seven sacks, and his brother had 11 half tackles for loss and seven sacks. So up front, they can get some pressure. I could see what you're winning it, but I think Oklahoma was going to bounce back from last week. We got the rivalry game as Florida State travels down to Miami to face uh, the Hurricanes, and I think this game is an easy win for Miami. I don't care if it's a rivalry. Florida State's not good at all, and De'Ara King was really good last week for for Miami. That's why I got uh, Miami winning it by two or three scores. I got Miami 35-14. to They Again, I think – and I know what you're saying is on the offensive line, and I really think college football, you really have to win the battle up front when you're kind of, you know, I think, you know, if you can, and Florida State has not been able to do that the last three years. It's been the problem. Uh, Mike Norvell, the head coach, will not be there as he actually has COVID right now. I think he could return Monday if he tests negative, I believe. I like, I think James Blackman could be a solid quarterback for Florida State. He just runs for his life every time out there. I think Miami's going to get pressure on him. And I think it's gonna be a long day for Florida State's offense. Um, and Deer King, I was, I was, um, I was wrong. I, I, I should say I thought, you know, I liked the offense. I thought their offense could be good. I didn't think he was kind of gonna change it like he has. And the off OC something, uh, Rettlish last year at he was actually the OC at Auburn with they had Nick Marshall, and they're kind of running the same kind of similar stuff. They're giving them a lot of QB design runs and it's really panned out. You know, he only had nine rushing yards, but again, you really have to think about Deer King because you do not want him to beat you um, with his legs. We got an SEC matchup this week as Tennessee travels to Columbia to face South Carolina. And I got the Volves winning close over the Gamecocks. Yeah, I got the Volves um, 24-21. They won seven of the last eight after all the noise of Jeremy Pruitt. It just kind of looks like another... Uh, Tennessee was kind of here for a long rebuild. Once again, he wasn't going to be the guy, but they turned around at the end of last year. They really started to play for him. I really like this team. Um, Jared Catano is back. We'll see if he can kind of take that next step. He's very up and down. I know injuries as well to him. That's kind of hurt. Um, but I think the Vols on the road should be able to get it done. You um, For South Carolina, they got grad transfer Colin Hills. They just announced a starting quarterback. Uh, Mike Bobo, who's the head coach at Colorado State, now is the OC. So Colin Hill followed them from Colorado State to South Carolina. Um, so he's kind of familiar, but this is a must must win, I think. Or for Will Muschamp, this is a, the, he's squarely on the hot seat, and he better win some games. He better get to a bowl game, um, or I do not think he will be at South Carolina much longer. We'll wrap up our talk talking about an ACC matchup in Blacksburg as the as North Carolina as NC State travels up to up to Blacksburg to face Virginia Tech, and I'm going with the Hokies over the Wolfpack. Yeah, I've got the Hokies at home. Um, Bud Foster is no longer there. The longtime D coordinator, I think he was there since '86. They're actually in the last since Justin Ford, um, Fuentes. Got, yeah, Fuentes got there four years ago. They're actually second in the ACC with the most wins at 33, only behind clearly Clemson. But it really hasn't seemed like that for Virginia Tech. Um, they're hoping Hayden Holker, um, the quarterback last year, really played well when they threw him in there. They averaged 36 points a game when he was a starter. I think it was only 22 without him. So they're kind of hoping he could take the next step. NC State's very young still. And I think they have a lot of – they 
they have a couple solid recruiting classes that are still freshmen and sophomores. So I think next year and the year after Frenzy State, they're going to be really good again. Um, you know, like they were two years ago, but I think they're going to struggle this year. And I have Virginia Tech went out. We're going to get to baseball and we'll start talking about the Yankees. And right now it looks like they're going to be the number five seed in the American League. So, and normally they'd be the second wild card, but it looks like they're going to be the number five seed in the American League. And, I, and, and yes, they lost, you know, lost two out of three, but I've, because they, because they had Debbie Garcia and Michael King pitching, but I think this rotation is really starting to come into form. I think Garrett Cole, the last three, three or four starts has looked like a, the Cy Young Award winner we thought he was going to be. Uh, Tanaka's pitched well, Haps pitched well, bullpen's getting back into shape. And I think uh, the hit, the offense, he got judged back. He had a big game last night, three hits, Stanton's back. So this offense is finding its form too. Luke Voigt's had an MVP season. So I think this Yankee team is in good shape going into the playoff. Now the question's going to be, who would you rather play? Would you rather play the White Sox or would you rather play the Twins? And I think for any Yankee fan, this should be the easiest, easiest question ever. It's the Minnesota Twins because obviously we've owned them. And I think honestly, the White Sox scare me more. I think the Twins in the rotation, they've had really one guy that's pitched great this year, and that's Kenton Maeda. He's not a great pitcher. Uh, Jose Barrios doesn't scare me at all. In their lineup, they've had one guy who's really hit that well, and that's that's been Nelson Cruz. Their lineup is kind of underachieved. Their bullpen's pretty good, but Taylor Rogers has struggled at closer. And if you look at the White Sox, they have the AL MVP on their team and Jose Abreu. He's, he's right now, in my opinion, the AL MVP. Dallas Keuchel's had a really good year. Uh, Lucas Giolito's had a good year. They also got Luis Robert. Uh, in that lineup, they also call Eloy Jimenez in this lineup. In that lineup, now the White Sox have a half game lead over the Twins. But if you're giving me the choice, and I think any Yankee fan, this is pretty obvious. I'm taking the Twins to play in the first round. Yeah, I don't care where it is either. I don't care if it's in Minnesota or New York. I don't care where it is. They are 22 and five at home. Um, the Twins. They look Justin. Justin, it's the Twins. Okay, as Yankee fans, it's the Twins. It is. Um, and you don't have Luke Boyd though in your. LMVP. Oh, no, I do. I have Luke Voigt second. I got Jose Abreu first, Luke Voigt second. I got, I got Voigt right now at the uh, MVP. But, um, yeah, you know, the Twins, yeah, they've owned them 13 straight. I think the Twins have lost, like, 16 straight uh, playoff games. Uh, but, again, I kind of think of it the other way of, okay, they're due to win eventually, right? Um, but I'll, I'll kind of go the other way here. I would rather play the White Sox. I'll just kind of go the other way here because if they blow this lead here in the AL Central, they blow the one seed. This is a team that hasn't been there before. Who knows what could happen? And now you play the Yankees. I know you get them at home, but you, you know they're going to have to face Garrett Cole in game one. I think you put the pressure squarely on Chicago. We don't know how they would react from, um, from kind of blowing it. And again, they haven't been playing that well the last two weeks here down the stretch. They've kind of been up and down. Um, so I, you know, I'll, I think it could, I think I'd probably rather face the White Sox because they haven't been here before. Um, but this they, haven't, been, they haven't been there, but they scare me more in a short series, especially having to face uh, a Dallas Keuchel and Lucas Giolito too. Yeah. You know, I, they definitely do have a better rotation, but again, Tanaka's got a, under two or at two ERA in the playoffs. Again, the game three starter would be kind of up in the air. I'd probably go Happer Garcia right now. The way those two guys, are, you know, I know Garcia had a rough on Sunday, um, but I still kind of, I'm still confident in Garcia. But yeah, this Yankee, you know, um, this Yankee team right now, yeah, they're, you know, they're they're starting to find a rhythm, and this is absolutely the right time to kind of find that rhythm right now. And they're playing their best baseball right now at the pass at the Best, best point of the season so far right now. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I think this team, that, that series against the Rays is probably going to determine who goes to the World Series tonight. Because it looks like the Rays are going to get the one seed. I think the Yankees will win in the first round. I think that, that Ray-Yankee division series is probably going to determine who goes to the World Series. Yeah, I can definitely. I, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, you know, and, and that would be, and I know the Rays would not want to face the Yankees once again. Um, you know, neutral, I know it would be the neutral part. Without, I think that wouldn't San Diego, but yeah, yeah, that'd be fun to get there, especially because they they pretty much own the Yankees. So it'd be great to kind of get and they they're a team too that haven't really beaten the playoff, beaten the Yankees until this point, um, until this year really. So um, yeah, I definitely see the Rays and Yankees being that um, the top top. Um, yeah, the winner of that series could definitely be the winner again. You know, go representing the AL in the World Series. So we're going to get to the NL playoff race. The Because the AL, everything's pretty much settled in the AL. Yeah, it's just the seeding is settled. But in the NL, you got some teams fighting for a playoff spot. And, and obviously, you got like you got uh, pretty much, uh, I think, five or six teams, two games within two games of each other. I mean, the Cardinals, the Marlins, the uh, the Reds, the uh, Brewers, the Giants, and the Phillies. And my teams, my teams who I think are going to make the playoffs in the NL. Obviously, you've got the Dodgers are going to make the playoffs. The Padres are going to make the playoffs. The the uh, the Braves are going to make the playoffs, and the and the Cubs are going to make the playoffs. But I also think the Cardinals, even though they got five games with the Brewers this week, and, th- and those are some big games. I think they they split those, but I still think the Cardinals get in. I do think the Marlins get in, even though they, because the Braves have everything clinched and the Yankees got everything clinched. So I think the Marlins get in. I think the Reds get in, and I also think the Brewers get in. So that'll leave the Giants on the outside looking in, and then it'll leave the Phillies on the outside looking in. The Phillies pretty much did this to their to, 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 to themselves. They have they have completely fallen they've completely fallen apart and their bullpen is absolutely terrible. So Phillies and Giants are the two teams that I have out of the playoffs. The two teams that are out of the playoffs now, those are the two teams I have out of the playoffs. They're gonna be I think are gonna be out of the playoffs uh after this weekend. Yeah, um I think you know Reds they actually played at night for the final time. And I know the Reds got uh Trevor Bauer going as well tonight. Um and then for the Phillies, you know, I just heard too, um I was just looking, Joe Girardi actually announced that. Reese Hodgson's probably done for the season. So that really um, hurts them. And it was actually fun. Um, I think it was, I don't even, um, the guy was on camera or not, but it was the Phillies kind of post-game guy, like saying that uh, Bra- Bra- um, Workman should not return. Um, you know, they should just leave him in Tampa Bay or they should leave him Washington tonight. He's going to bring him back with them. Wow. So walk home. Um, it's been their bullpen exploded. Um, recently, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it's the Reds and the Brewers, and they, the Brewers have kind of a full, you know, even though Yelich has really struggled for most of the season. Uh, absolutely, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens this weekend uh, with with that NL playoff race. That'll be something we'll be monitoring during all the football this weekend. Mm-hmm. But we got another we're, we're closing the show with another huge sporting event. And that's the Stanley Cup Finals between the Stars and the Lightning. And I really, unfortunately, you know, with all the sports going on, I usually, you know, I'm not I'm not, obviously I'm not a hockey guy. Out of the four major sports, it's a distant fourth that four out of four. But I do check out the Stanley Cup Finals because they're usually on different nights of the NBA Finals. So I usually watch the Stanley Cup Finals. But this year, I really haven't been able to check with everything else going on. I really haven't been able to, you know, really check out much of it. I mean, right now the Stars are, you know, so it's 1-1. The Stars won game one. The Lightning won game two. Justin, in your opinion, do you think the Stars could pull this upset? Um, you know, I, I think there's a possibility because they are more fresh than the Tampa Bay Lightning right now. The first game one. They knew Tampa was kind of coming off short rest. 
they were actually screaming on the bench to just hit Tampa Bay. They were just, you know, um, I think they had a, over 50 hits. They just they just used the body. They had 25 in the first period. They um, really just, you know, they really wanted to set the tone. And because and Tampa's coach was not happy at the second period. He told his guys, uh, none of you should even need a shower. None of you have broken a sweat in this game. Um, and they dominated the third period, 22 to two shots for the Lightning, but um, they didn't have enough. They bounced back in game two. They played a lot better. Uh, well, I wouldn't say a lot better. They scored three goals in, in four minutes in the first period. Two of them were on the power play. Dallas said they will, um, uh, and on four shots too. So Dallas said they were going to clean that up tonight, uh, four tonight. But I, I could definitely see it. Tampa's really kind of can, uh, Tampa, you know, Stamkos is, um, there's a possibility he can come back tonight. He hasn't played much, so I don't know what factor. When was the last time Stamkos played? Um, I think back. I don't know if he's played in the bubble. I don't. Oh, I really? He's been out since. Yeah, I think he's been out since February. I think he. Um, it was a leg. I think it's leg or ankle or something. He's been out. I think since February. So I don't know what kind of factor he would even be, but just the name Steven Stamkos is a guy you kind of got to watch out for. But Tampa's kind of there's kind of a lot of banged, um, kind of got banged up uh, a little bit here towards. But I could see Dallas pulling it off. I I think this is I've been saying it the last few weeks. I think this is Tampa Bay's year to win the cup, and I I still think they could win this thing in six or seven games. Yeah, I, I picked them to win. I feel like they've been close so many times. I picked them to win. That's and I still think they're gonna win. Yeah, I, same with you. I, I now that they got the Stanley Cup, I don't know if they fired John Cooper. I kind of heard the rumors that they got short of it. Cooper could his job was on the line, but now I I don't really know that they made the cup. But I still think Tampa should be able to get it done. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's going to wrap it up on Sports Talk with R and J for Mike for Marco Justin Anafrio. I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking playoff baseball and previewing Week Four of the NFL season. Have a great weekend, everyone.